Merry Christmas and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. A very special Christmas episode here today. Before we dive into those, I do want to remind everybody that we are working cartoonists. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe and to keep it rolling into the new years is to buy our books. Ed Piscor's Red Room, The Antisocial Network, and Trigger Warnings are available now wherever books are sold. Uh, pick those up for yourself or the horror fan in your life. You can find my latest, Street Angel, Deadly Girl Alive, and The Plain Janes. Also, wherever books and comics and graphic novels were sold, pick them up at your local library, if nowhere else, and uh, read our comics. Best way to support our channel. But, very excited to do a themed episode today, pulling from the Smithsonian Book of Comic Book Comics. Love these Smithsonian book collections. And at a time whenever you couldn't find reprints of comics, you know, you'd have to track this book down, and it would be very expensive to find original Carl Barks duck comics so it's true and uh, i do want to make mention that uh some gracious kayfaber out there sent us a copy of this book we already have the book so we have one sitting in our either christmas in july box of stuff that we're gonna uh give out but we were talking behind the scenes and this is the kind of book that needs to be given away to to like to a good home and it would be good to give that away to to somebody in a kayfabe audience that uh that sort of doesn't have it, that would like it, that is supporting the channel in a big way. Maybe maybe right in here, we, you and I could draw a little something. But we have to figure out giveaways, man. Yes. Our, our channel needs to amp up, and we need to promote this channel uh, in, in a big way. We need 100,000 followers so that we could we can have our little plaque. Absolutely. And uh, by any way of getting there, like I'm, I'm sort of down with that. So... Behind the scenes, you and I have to figure out how to do a cool giveaway. But in the meantime, we need the Kayfabe audience to uh, share these videos in a big way. Make yourselves known. Uh, we gave away an Akira jacket back in the day, man. You and I drew some stuff all over it. It went to Punker Mike because that guy went above and beyond with his support for the cartoonist Kayfabe channel. And that's what we're looking for, man. We're looking for a diehard who's going to uh, get our names out there in a very positive way. Uh, and we're going to start sending people some stuff over uh, the course of 2023. I like it a lot. And, you know, just to get back to the, the note on this, this is the second volume of two. You know, there was a newspaper collection. Yeah. We've looked at both of them kind of as an overview, and we've looked at some content from both of them. These books are spectacular. I cannot oversell how cool these things are. You see the 1981. Like I said, this is a way to see a bunch of great comics, all-timers, that would have cost a fortune and been almost impossible to actually track down some uh, all of this stuff so what a godsend these kind of books were and they would even have like this little bit of context you know this might have been the first place i encountered information about carl barks's life yeah totally man and uh the curation is is key with this because up to this point in american comics like they chose all home run comics the best of american comics is in here comic book comics Absolutely. Uh, is, is in here and there's there's not one dud in the mix so there will be times jimmy when you and i decide like yeah you know it's time we got to do a john stanley little lulu joint we'll probably pull from here because more people like we we have a better shot that more people have it from here right than you know one of the obscure dark horse black and white collections or the actual physical issues 100 so, and by the way i just read the uh, bill shelley john Stanley bio uh, this this past month. So very timely that you use him as a reference, Ed, because I'm sure we'll be talking about John Stanley before too long. But you are 100% right. That commonality that, you know, a lot of people, this would have been the John Stanley they read or the Carl Barks they read, because this is how you could easily get them yeah. all in one spot. And if you were a comics or a comic book fan, a book like this 
had to be on your shelf. Yes, man. Uh, or in your library shelf, you know, that's speaking true. again of like, it's hard to find this stuff. So this was definitely a book that would have had a big library circulation, which would have been like young Eddie P and, and, and little Jimmy Rugg <laughs> running the local Carnegie library. This would be one of those few comic books that I could actually find. Got this as a little boy at the flea market, you know, cost Amazing. Two, two bucks or something. Boy, and that's just, about the best two bucks you could spend on a comic. Absolutely, man. And it is Christmas Eve. Uh, so, you know, we put the outlaw comics on the shelf for for the, for the time being let's get a little wholesome donald duck a letter to santa we have this splash page right here where, where was it first published walt disney's christmas parade number one 1949 okay man uh with this splash right here you get all the hallmarks of great carl barks and it's not far off from like the best of manga aesthetically. I was thinking of this background 100%, that's where my, my head went. He had Katsuhiro Otomo working uh, <laughs> assistant uh, on, on this thing, man. And uh, you can just find all these pleasing shapes and directional devices and framing that's done around the characters. Uh, it's a very silly looking color here, man. I don't think Coral Burks colored this piece because that is just looks like somebody just went in with some Crayolas or something. And this might even fucking does that look printed? That looks like marker, right? This might be. This might be on the. I, I think it's printed. I think it's printed. No, 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 some... no. It's printed. In, I'm saying these are all photographs of. Oh right, yes. A, a piece of paper from the printed comic, but like you could see the marker move. Like I don't know that that is a part of the original color. There, you know. The That's amazing, printing. and I love the reprints. Uh, you mentioned that you can see that they're they're not too cleaned up. Like this is shot from an actual comic book. So you get all of the charm of that old four color process. And by the way, these are some of the, the original Disney comics that Carl that, uh, Barks was doing. Some of the biggest selling comics in history. Absolutely. Like this was a top selling comic at the time, which meant about 3 million copies, I believe. Millions of people have have, uh, have read the, the Duck comics and we've done some Duck videos to the point that with this one and say we do one more, Coral Barks is getting a playlist. I love it. And here's the thing, though, Jimmy. You take a look at what we put out already, and uh, over time, like those videos have north of five figures, maybe even 20,000 views. And when you, we take a look, look at the analytics, it's not from America. You know, it's Scandinavians, Makes Europeans, sense. Italians. Like these comics transcend um, America, they, they are universal comics. One more John Stanley note is related to Carl Barks. Stanley did, according to that biography, one Comic-Con appearance. It was a New York convention, and Carl Barks was there. And they actually did a panel together. Amazing. So think about that. And one of their topics was how they would build pages so that the pages would have that that kicker at the end, that cliffhanger, something to turn the page, some anchor. And uh, Stanley commented on how he was surprised to hear Carl Barks say basically the same thing. You know, I mean, they didn't have the amount of information exchange that we have today. True. We're like, we're all talking to other cartoonists and things and talking craft. Back then, like these guys kind of worked on their own. They were freelancers. You'd get some editorial feedback and maybe pass each other in the office when you're dropping off your pages. But by and large, it wasn't talked about craft-wise the way it is today. So uh, it was interesting thing in the book that Stanley noted, you know, that was kind of a cool thing. And you could just see some of the things that Carl Burks is doing with these kind of wavy lines. Like he could have chose, he could have just been a simple, you know, uh, stray bullets grid. He works in this eight panel grid throughout the story. But like you say, like you're going to see a bunch of breaking up where like these are different panel shapes and sizes, even though it's ostensibly an eight panel grid. It's, it's experimental. It's formally experimental. And there are uh, pages where it doesn't work. And I'm not cool. I don't remember if it's in this strip 
or another one. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll point it out. Sounds this, good. This is a very this is this is a one of a kind strip, man, and and uh, for for some very key reasons, and and we will uh, explore that a little bit as we go. I also think he worked sort of like as he's like kind of writing the story as he goes. It feels that way. Yeah, and I think that's talked about in some of the the stuff I've read about him, uh, which is. I, I make note of that because this is a fun, fun story and a fun story. I had fun reading it, you yeah. know, where it kind of keeps moving along and bouncing along and it's very lively. You know, the, the, uh, his nephews, Donald Duck's nephews are looking at this steam shovel and, and just in great admiration. And it turns out that's what they wrote to Santa about. The letter to Santa was what they wanted for Christmas and what they wanted was a steam shovel. And guess who, uh, you know, if Santa didn't get our letter, well, <laughs> tip in the cap because somebody messed up on mailing that letter. And of course, that's going to create a problem whenever Donald finds it on the next page of like, oh boy. It's so funny because I like, I just thinking back, I, I really feel like that was like the first times I had anxiety in my life was like, mom, got to make sure that you send that letter. Are you sure you did? You sure you did? And you know. Absolutely. That, that sort of stuff. I wonder, kids must still do that, right? Or oh, send sure. emails or something. Something. I don't know what it's like today not having children, but man, yeah, I do remember writing that letter every year and it was kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it gave uh, gave Santa an idea of what you actually wanted. When we were at Baltimore <laughs> Con, uh, there was a kind of Carl Burks Foundation, something or other, that was, that was set up not too far from us. And they had, you can't call them Xeroxes because it's way too big for what these things were, but facsimiles of the original pages that are gigantic, way bigger than a field of view of our video screen. And uh, it was always so fascinating taking a look at his black and whites because of the weird way that he spots blacks. They're very balanced, but in a colorful comic, you know, the boys have black shirts mm -hmm. and Donald here wearing a black, uh, a black, like a, uh, like navy type uh, trench coat or something it feels like an odd choice but when you really look at it it, it brings it brings balance to uh to the work you see you see one of the boys has the uh has the black shirt there and it would be things like this like the choice of making one of the nephews visible while the others are in silhouette to just kind of spread those black areas around I always think like one of the trouble with color today is that the black ink lines, if you're doing traditional inking with like modeled color, it's very flat. Yeah. Back here, black is a color. Yeah. You know, it's just like any of the flat colors, the red wall or whatever. It's just another color as, as part of what you're seeing here. So the bits like this, mm -hmm. man, is, it's, it's pure coral bark. So just, just total whimsy. And this is, you know, line clear, clear. Like it's, it's total perfectly like there's it's not dashed out there's pers legit perspective to it uh he, he puts a lot of care into it and once again like just having a little piece of you know holly or whatever that yeah, we're gonna is. see that carry throughout that'll often decorate some of these pages with some sort of christmas motif yeah throughout. yeah but just the panel layouts you know it's an eight panel grid but but he's getting the the most out of that uh every time yeah, and very inventive, you know, going from open panel here to sound effects panel here, a lot of back and forth movement. I think that's one of the characteristics of Carl Barks is movement and directional devices, like kind of running you through these pages as you go along. Um, they have that up-tempo speed, especially yeah. in the terms of the character animations and compositions. Use of yellow for the backgrounds uh, is, is a constant, and it's not 100% yellow. Like, we're looking at 100% yellow here. It's like a 50 to 25% to just push the action up front 
forward even further. And, uh, you know, when Donald realizes that he did not get the letter to Santa, how's he going to get a steam shovel? Go to Uncle Scrooge, right? Yeah. Who, who does he know that might bankroll such an event? <laughs> and this is a proto-Uncle Scrooge. Like, he, the, the character isn't completely figured out yet. And this may even be, you know, one of the earliest appearances of of the character, man. So, you know, he gets a life of his own later on, but has, has a pretty good showing this early. Real great, too. Like, uh, almost the pillow fight, but with bags of money. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> So reluctantly, Uncle Scrooge agrees to this and then realizes, you know what? I could do better. Let me buy them the steam shovel and I will, uh, I'll get all the credit for it. Right, because his thing is like, okay, here's the money. But when he sits there and thinks about it, he's like, you know what, man? I just gave him money out of my pocket. Who's going to get the credit? Fucking Santa Claus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't stand that. It's like, uh, you know, go to any uh, university and those buildings are named after people. You know? That's like, right. Ain't nothing free in this universe. Yeah, so... <laughs> We go through the process of like, how do you actually find your steam shovel to buy? And both of them are rebuked at first as, you've got to order this from a factory. You're not getting this, taking this thing home tonight. Yes, yeah, so a spoon. They find their way. <laughs> and pretty soon that leads them to this confrontation in town as they're driving the steam shovels through the town and running into each other at an intersection, which is ridiculous and sublime at the same time yes ridiculous because it's you know carl burks is writing these stories and he's choosing to draw dueling steam right. shovels not which, one but two steam shovels yeah. in his story and boy i bet he was mad at himself the writer that day <laughs> completely like the 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 color is so key here because now you've got to color code your various steam shovels so that uh we we don't get lost and it becomes rock'em sock'em robots exactly what i was thinking reading this i don't know how old that toy is but uh it must date back to the 40s at least, right? I don't know, Because it, it feels so much in line with those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it right there, right? Even our, our half half splash page is they're uh, beating on each other and the town around them, some collateral damage. Just look at that, man, bumping into uh, the, the, the buildings and things. And, and Barks abides by perspective in every panel. There's a, there's a proper eye line and all that sort of stuff in every single panel. Now, here is one of the interesting things that uh, this might be one of a kind because these are human beings. Mm -hmm. That's humans, man. And I got 20 Carl Bar those, of those Fantagraphics books uh, that reprint Carl Burks. There isn't human characters in any other strip. So I think this is noteworthy for that, man, is that he's, he's drawn like legit people uh, living living in like Duckburg. Yeah, because look closely at some of the supporting characters that resemble humans until you look closely and realize that's an owl yeah. sitting on the stand as the judge. Um, I don't know. These, I guess, are dogs, almost like uh, goofy kind of dogs or whatever, yeah. standing in as our bailiffs. So uh, Uncle Scrooge uses his wealth to get out of trouble in the court system, throws him an extra mi million dollars is their fine, throws him an extra million in case they get in trouble again tonight. The judge is aghast. He's like, oh, you're going to buy your, well, yeah, well, a million dollars is the fine. And, and Uncle Scrooge, he's a big willy, man. He cops and crashes whips. So he's like, here's two, motherfucker. So they've they overcome their first obstacle, get steam shovels, destroy the steam shovels, and now what? You know, I guess I'm just going to have to tell them, break their hearts at Christmas. Yes. And Uncle Scrooge is like, I got a better idea. And uh, that, that idea involves a Santa suit. Yes. They're going to uh, go undercover and uh, try to fool these kids with some kind of an excuse or another. But I love whenever the kids are trying to wait up. They're going to try to catch Santa around midnight. 
I love how they're just like strewn about laying there upside down, fooling around on the couch. Again, the animation of Carl Barks on these pages, part of the great charm of these things. Animation is the word that I think of when I see this Dr. Seuss-like horse kind of clopping around there, man. Just just so so lively. And the way he builds these figures and stuff, you, you could you could there's so much to learn here for your own cartooning, no matter what your style is. Yes. The most realistic kind of Alex Ross type style to, you know, cartoony. Like, the, there are lessons to learn here. It's so funny, seeing the black shirts, man. I'm a kid of the 80s, DuckTales, all that shit. To see the ducks in all black shirts is like seeing the turtles in all red bandanas. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Old school. And it, it but it, it, like, the animators figured out something better. Like, that's the one place where it's like, yeah, like, color code these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking just even in one page, what you can take away from Carl Barks' master cartoonist, his ability to make talking heads not at all be boring or no. repetitive, and even, like, throwing in these kinds of panels, right? Like, just beautiful. Like, Will Eisner would be proud. Imagine the the choice of, like, having just, like, this black facade of, of, of a building, but you also see, like, the bricks kind of cut in there, and you see, like, this, like, disjointed brick right there. Like, he's not allowing your eyes to get bored at all he's not going to give you just that checkerboard brick setup there's you know there's like a, a a weird looking brick there and he's also so thoughtful in his cartooning with stuff like the little bit of snow around the edges of the windows yeah and you see it again it's not an accident it is very thoughtful you know yeah. for, for having your very minimal set set uh background still attention to those kinds of details like set the mood man let us know it's cold there it's nighttime perfect yeah more of these great spottings of blacks with the silhouettes as we're uh, costuming up to go try to, <laughs> to fool Donald's nephews. It's one of those, like, I just wish that we could ask the man the questions and stuff, right? Because to me, like, looking at this, this feels like right heavy in terms of the silhouettes. But he must have had a thought in mind. And I just want to ask the question, you know, like, like why, why not have, like, this one be the silhouette and this one in color to just kind of, like, add some balance to the page? Uh, it doesn't seem, oops, my, my, my bad. It doesn't seem like a mistake. Yeah, know? yeah, it's a good question. Man, I love this kind of stuff too. I find really beautiful, like that chimney. Absolutely. Because Simple drawing, but it's so attractive. Because it's, every brick is considered and every brick has some volume to it. So it's not just him drawing lines in perspective. He's thinking of these each as like a single brick and giving them each their kind of weight. I look at like the shading and stuff in these in coming out of the chimney in the fireplace and we know that Carl Barks is an influence on Robert Crumb and I just see it so distinctly like the way characters are spotlighted through some of the shading and stuff that's put into the panels. I swear this nose is going to get our channel taken down. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I don't know what, what the idea is there. <laughs> We're going to lose our channel because of that shit. Man. <laughs> So, of course, um, it can't be easy, right? You, look, even seeing the nose get <laughs> messed up right away. But here he is fooling, fooling the nephews enough that um, they're kind of taking the bait, but they do have questions, and he keeps just coming up with excuses. And this is your slapstick kind of comedy of just, like, one thing after another going wrong, you know, trying to form the nose back into a, an acceptable bulbous shape. <laughs> <laughs> and as things are going bad going to the window to con confront Uncle Scrooge with, uh, you know, needs more help. They're going to weigh him to figure out, you know, stats on 
on Santa Claus, they're going to realize he should weigh a lot more than he does because he stuffed the suit with cotton. Let's replace it with beans. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I'm famous for my, for my deadline soups, right? Like uh, I make my vegetable soup before uh, I have a, a, a big task. And, and uh, the protein in that, if you're going to eat something over a bunch of days, can't be meat. So beans are the protein. You, you put a bunch of dry beans in the, in the fridge the day before, soak them in water. They come out a little differently after 20, 24 hours, man. They're way fatter, way plumper. And uh, I think it's supposed to like get the gas from the beans out of them also. So he's got a bunch of dry beans in his shirt. And he's about to get a little moist. Well, first he catches on fire. Because yeah. we need a reason to make those beans wet. <laughs> right. Runs into the shower to extinguish them. And what happens? Exactly what you described, Ed. They start expanding. <laughs> now his suit's on the, on the verge of exploding. <laughs> so he's got to make a quick exit. Doesn't even get to explain anything about the steam shovel, by the way. Right. But he goes flying up the chimney. And before he can escape, those beans have expanded to the point that he's just stuck. Yeah, is that doesn't that feel like such a like Americana like the idea of like these expanding beans and like, you know it feels like it so is a hundred percent Americana and that's kind of you know like people I know who are really into into Uncle Scrooge comics they talk about that you know like yeah. how how American these comics are and I think it is on display here you know through and through with these traditions that we're seeing find ways to get all the Christmas traditions into this strip yeah and it's it's interesting I think the way he's handling the myth of Santa Claus, yeah. uh, you know, like it's, he sort of is kayfabing Santa here, right? He's got an excuse why, uh, why, why this isn't Santa, but rather Donald Duck in the costume. And of course, Donald fails. Yes, of course. And the boys are really, really upset. Pacing around, you know, once again, how do you make three ducks not sit there and just have round heads talking? Got to have them all upset running around. What have they done? You know, have they made Santa Claus mad? Have they blown their Christmas? And this is emotion. You feel this. They are really fucking sad, man, and, and, and he sells it. Especially because when Santa returns, <laughs> they're thrilled. Yeah. So you get that contrast in emotion. It's That's so little clear. kids, crocodile tears. Of course, especially on, on Christmas, man. They're, they're operating on a 10 on the emotional scale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is Uncle Scrooge a little smoother? Maybe, but are we even going to find out? Because at this point, those beans have... Uh, gotten too much and explode yes and this is one of the uh bad layout pages that, that doesn't that doesn't work so well because i naturally you know we have these strong shapes here so i'm reading this and i'm just looking at this as a piece like is this a fence because the black on black like is this a fence is this one panel yeah i can see that and because you have these bricks and stuff that are breaking out into and this is a big no-no when it comes to like laying out comic pages man like don't have you know a, a subsequent panel that doesn't take place directly after break into an earlier panel like this uh so so i just you know gave up the the sort of joke a little early because of the bombast of that that piece right there and you could have kind of solved it more if you just confined it more down south yes yeah makes total sense um i also don't want to skip over Uncle Scrooge putting himself over <laughs> yeah. in the form of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Scrooge can give steam shovels easier than Santa Claus can. <laughs> These comics are as rich as any of the best Disney shorts or anything, and it's one person. It is not a team. I think there's a lot to be said people. for that. It's incredible. 
And this is coming out of Western as the publisher at the time who is also publishing those John Stanley famous little Lulu comics, which is a similar setup where you have your writer artist, at least layout artist there as one person. And I don't think it's accidental that you've got a couple of these great writer artists working in this for this publisher at the same, you know, virtually the same time. You got to wonder, man, like like the, the remnants that you see of Dell and, and those companies now is like you go to Barnes and Noble and you see Sudoku books that have the Dell logo and it's like. What happened? What happened, you guys? Yeah, it's strange. You know, but... I think they did fucking Dennis as well. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's like they had all the most popular comics. Did they just expand too much with their Magnus line or not? I wish there was more info on that. Yeah. Because there are some big pivotal figures in editorial and even in, in sort of the suits behind the scenes that, like, we just don't have that much information about that company. John B. Cook, you did the Charlton book, but your work's <laughs> not done yet, sir. That's right. So the two Santa Clauses soon evolve, devolve into just fighting and squabbling amongst themselves while the boys look on as like, what is going on here, right? <laughs> Another Santa Claus. Um, again, very good slapstick as we roll through here. And again, you see the boys just like traumatized yeah, no by Christmas. the revelation that indeed the letter was not mailed. No postmark on it. <laughs> and our action just continues picking up as, as they uh, try to try to hoist blame on one another and about this time we're interrupted by a tiny santa claus coming down the chimney <laughs> i see a lot of chris ware in this story yeah there's some drawing that reminds me of it but also like the scale of some of these little figures even feels sort of the way Ware builds some of his figures with simple round shapes and things yeah just just the the this it's so magical you know like this idea of because it's answering the question that the little kid readers of 1949 have about Santa. Because they look at their chimney and are like, I just don't know how it's possible. Like, Karl Barks just answered it for you. Yeah, this would delight me as a young reader. Yeah. For that exact reason. Also another human. Yeah, Once again, true. like there are never humans in Karl Barks comics. And uh, there are... There are interviews that you can find on YouTube where he's talking. And he's, like, sad about that. He, like, he... I, it must be heartbreaking to the big duck fans and shit. But but he expresses like, I didn't want to be drawing ducks my whole career. Like I would have loved to have made like a romance comic and this and that. Like it's just those people who uh, came up through the depression, man, to have a job. I mean, you're traumatized. You're a traumatized person, and he held on to that gig. Yeah, for absolutely. as long as they would have him. He certainly took advantage of it too. Yeah. Um, it's funny to see like the Santa Claus nose that they were trying to make with that clay or whatever they were building that bulbous nose. And it's a gin blossom, man. Santa's a drinker. <laughs> In his off hours, man. He's got 364 days to party. Yes, sir. <laughs> One day of work a year. He drinks his calories. That's how the tummy got there. It ain't the cookies. And guess what? The steam shovel that they, they were asking for, it wasn't a full-size steam shovel. Yeah, It was a, a toy steam toys. shovel. And Santa comes through in the end. So get a happy ending for at least for the uh, the nephews there, if not the uh, <laughs> Uncle Scrooge and Donald. And once again, like just these bricks, you know, like he fucking draws every single one of them, and and they all are so strong. But then when we get to this, the animation of this, these these reindeer, and this wholesome Santa leaving in the swoop of it. There's your full moon zine gimmick right there. That'd but be a just, great panel for the full moon zine. Just the animation of these deer legs. And then you take a look at the shading uh, on those legs and it, it, it all feels right. You know, there's even just like a shadow on this leg of like that one from the moonlight. 
uh, just just a gorgeous, gorgeous drawing. I think this is a good example too of his directional devices using the black yeah. to really kind of move your eye through the, that panel sequence. And keep in mind, this is a night sequence, right? So, so like he did not choose on the big panel to go all black. He left that room open, and I told you guys before, like the, this original artwork is gigantic. To have the kind of confidence to allow there to be so much white space, knowing that it'll be handled in color, that's not an easy thing to do. Well, quite a story. So beautiful, man. I, I love Christmas stories, and I love seeing somebody who we, we have a big body of their work. Yeah. And then to go in and, and see like a theme story like this, I think really uh, a lot of fun. And hopefully a lot of fun for everybody watching at home. If you're not familiar with Carl Barks, as Ed mentioned, we do have a few videos on the man. He's going to um, have to, he's got the playlist. Keep digging. Yes. Because uh, one of the all-time great cartoonists, and, and hopefully this story gives you a little reason why. Not the last Christmas Carl Barks story either. <laughs> Absolutely I've not. Got, I've got at least th three or four. Maybe and this will become a cartoonist kayfabe Christmas tradition. I, I don't see how that could be a bad thing. And also, I mean, I think I got two or three Halloween specials. So with this in mind, I might know what our August 31st uh, uh, episode will be. That's a date. Awesome, man. Good to go, Jimmy? I am. Okay, favors. Like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Tell the people what's out there, Jimmy. My latest books, Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Alive, and The Plain Janes are both available in print. Back in print, just got my comps from uh, the second printing of this. So no excuses not to have these books on your shelf. Um, also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see a lot more of my comics behind the scenes, original art, and uh, PDF collections of things like my covers and out-of-print zines and mini comics that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me there. Clear all this stuff out, dude. I just realized, man, it's Christmas time. You got Hip Hop Family Tree is my perennial that's that's out there uh, in a big, giant way. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, Red Room Trigger Warnings, those books are out there as well. X-Men Grand Design, WYSIWYG, out of print, but you could still find it on Amazon, man. Jimmy and I have a big bi bi bibliography, and uh, these videos are brought to you by the comic books that we make, so support the comics. Keep pushing our uh, books higher and higher on those those Amazon lists if you don't have a good comic shop in town. Jimmy, tell the people what else we have out there, man. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, fanny packs, hats, all kinds of cool stuff at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the channel, given those marching orders will be on our way, Jim. Read more comics.